Hello and welcome to another episode of our On The Hoof podcast series for Vets in Practice. We are looking at the important topic of nutrition in the pre-carving suckler cow and this complements our CPD Bite Size webinar and we'll add a link to the podcast platform for you. I'm Alison Braddock, SRUC Veterinary Services, and I'm pleased to be chatting with colleagues from SAC Consulting, Lorna McPherson and Karen Stewart, who are ruminant nutrition specialists. Hello, Lorna and Karen, and welcome. Good morning, Alison. Hello, and thank you for joining us for this podcast. So I'll get straight to the point. So Lorna, why is it important that we get the nutrition right for the pre-carving suckler cow? It is very important, Alison. Nutrition is absolutely fundamental to ensuring that we have good calf and cow health and performance over the calving period. First and foremost, nutrition is important to make sure that we get the cows at the target body condition score um, in the run up to calving. So ideally looking to achieve a condition score of between two and a half to three for spring calvers. So that's one of the first reasons nutrition is important. But also if our cow is not at the correct uh, body condition score at calving, it can have a big impact on calving ease and also just the health of the calf as well. Uh, and also things like colostrum quality. Uh, so for example, protein nutrition pre-calving has a huge impact both on colostrum yield and quality, which will have a subsequent impact on the calf health and how that calf goes on to perform. Um, and also fertility as well. We're not just thinking about feeding pre-calving to make sure that the cow and the calf is healthy. We're also thinking about once that cow is calfed, is she in good condition? Is her nutritional status uh, correct for making sure that she's going to be cycling properly and getting back in calf at the desired time as well? So we have to think about future fertility as well of the cow. Okay, that's that's really interesting. So Karen, how early would you ideally start planning pre-calving nutrition? Oh well, I think pre-calving nutrition, um, it's a uh, you know it's, it's a term that we think of. It's just in the, the couple of months before calving, but actually, um, planning for um calving nutrition should really be an all-round job. Um, I think if cattle are housed, you might want to start. You know, if they're calving in April. Um, the planning process would start, you know, when cattle are housed in October and November. And, um, you know, if they are not in the correct body condition score, as Lorna had stated, you can have plenty of time to then change um, the condition of the cattle. So I think... Uh, what happens sometimes is that farmers maybe do leave this too late and uh, if you know cattle are not in the correct condition um you know in a couple of months away from calving then um, th- there's not an awful lot you can do to alter this condition so late i think uh, just looking at the condition of the cattle all year round and and making it a, an all year round job um is is the ideal way to go um, I think there's there's no too early time to start. I I would certainly agree with that. And just thinking about you know specifics on how much we should be looking for a cow to lose weight, for example, if we're wanting to try and slim them down a little bit and make sure that they are in the target body condition at calving, um, it takes a long time to alter conditions. So one condition score unit is about thirteen percent of live weight. So if we have a six hundred and fifty kilo suckler cow. 
13% is about 85 kilos. Now, normally we don't want to be rationing cows to be losing much more than half a kilo a day. So it's going to take over five months to drop one condition score unit. So it is going to take a long time. So following on from that, Lorna, um, what feeding systems work best for the suckler cow herd? There are a lot of different feeding systems out there, but I think I would come back, first of all, just to talk about forage quality. In terms of how we feed suckler cows, it all very much comes down to the quality of the forage we've got on farm. So basically knowing the quality of the silage or hay or whole crop, for example, that we're working with is really, really important. It's very difficult to gauge forage quality just by looking at it alone. So for example, if we've got quite a good high energy silage that's over 11 ME, if we feed this ad lib to suckler cows over the winter, they are gonna gain weight. It is too good quality for them. So in that case, uh, restricting silage intake and also maybe providing a wee bit of straw as well is gonna help um, just make sure that cows don't gain too much condition. If, on the other hand, we have a poor quality silage or maybe more like a hay, we might have to feed that almost ad lib to meet the cow's energy requirements. Um, So the actual feeding system or how we feed cows and maybe what supplementary feed we might need will very much come down to knowing the quality of the forage on the farm. Um, There's other things we can do as well in terms of feeding management. And this kind of comes back to Uh, body condition so if there's quite a variation in body condition ideally what we would do is try and split the cows if it was practical to do so maybe into a thin normal and fat group so maybe like your thin cows you might also put your your cows in there that you know that are expecting twins and feed them a slightly more generous ration maybe slightly better forage quality Uh, whereas our fatter cows we're needing them to lose a little bit of weight we would put them on a much more restricted diet with a good bit more straw in it so how we actually feed the suck cows will very much depend on condition within the herd uh, and also the quality of the forage Um, Karen you maybe want to touch on the actual different types of feeding systems as well yeah, no, I, t- I totally agree, Lorna. Um, also, what makes it more challenging with suckler cows is that there are so many different feeding systems and different ways um, on depending on the farm and what the facilities and the environment um, the farm has. So, for example, people could be outwintering cows, um, you know, coming up to calving time. They could be on deferred grazing. They could be on forage crops. Um, they could be inside on straw, they could be inside on slats or inside on cubicles. So such a variety of um, feeding systems and, and housing systems or outwintering out systems, which all impact um, you know, the, the requirements of the cow. I think um, Lorna is um, absolutely spot on in that the uh, forage quality, if we know that forage quality and how much the farm has of it, then we can... Um, work to manage this and uh, make sure that the requirements are being met um, you know if we have no idea of forage quality it's complete guesswork and you know you know it might work for you know one year but then the next year um, that guesswork uh, might end up in disaster so I think the more knowledge that we have of what the feeding system is and how the feeding uh, is going into the animals then we can uh, manage that and um, just also touching on 
what Lorna has said about um, good quality silage um, and restricting it. Um, you know, this can only be done if all the animals can eat at once. And there'll be many farms that you'll go to where there is simply not that facility um, there. So they might be feeding big bale silage and ring feeders. And um, that's when we just have to think about how many cows are in the group, how long is the bale lasting, what is the quality of the bale, um, and, and working it out that way. So um, there's a lot of problem solving involved in uh, feeding suckler cows. Um, it's, uh, that's what makes it fun. <laughs> so, so, Karen, following on from this, um, why is body condition scoring important and, and what's the best way to do this? Yeah, I think Lorna touched on this a little bit earlier, but um, there has been research to show that if cows are in poor body condition, um, calves um, are born with less vigour and mm-hmm. also these calves um, sub- subsequently go on to um, uh, have, have poorer performance as well. Um, also, we know that if cows are in too fit body condition, we may have problems with calving um, ease and also their intakes around about calving are poorer as well, so they might not necessarily be getting enough magnesium to get on with the the calving process um, or enough energy um, for that matter as well. So um, it's really important that um, we try and manage that body condition to get the best out of the animal at calving time and also for um, fertility afterwards as well so cows that calve down lean um, are going to struggle to get back in calf as well. Mm. Um, The best way to condition score I think is when farmers are handling cattle anyway um, or you're out as a vet doing routine work um, you can uh, put a hand on the cows or you know teach the farmer how to body condition score and if he has a note of the body condition score quickly for every cow um, twice a year then you can build up a picture of um, where that herd is at so you know if cows are dropping in condition score or there's vast changes um, you can maybe start to investigate why Um, it might be health issues but it may just be something as simple as feed access um, or the way that the cattle are are being fed or what the quality of the forage they are are being fed is so um, body condition can tell you an awful lot about um, you know what is happening um, on the farm. Yeah, that's that's a really important point. And I think if you're seeing those animals every day, you often miss the subtle changes, don't you? I, I speak from my own experience. Yes, absolutely. So important. So how would you, Lorna, how would you manage the mineral requirements for the pre-carving herd? Well, minerals are really important in the pre-calving period. And I think it's really tricky for farmers to know really what exactly are the mineral needs of their herd. There are so many different products out there of very different specifications as well. So it is a bit of a minefield in terms of mineral nutrition and making sure we're meeting the requirements for the major minerals, trace elements and vitamins. Um, It's certainly good practice about four to six weeks before the start of calving to make sure that we are feeding a high quality pre-calving mineral. So a pre-calving mineral should have uh, fairly good levels of magnesium, sort of a minimum of 10%, but maybe up to about 20% magnesium because magnesium is really important for calcium mobilization near the point of calving. So it will go on to help reduce any risk of milk fever or milk fever related issues such as hung cleansings and even just slow calving. So just making sure that, you know, the smooth muscle contraction is good and the cow's getting on with calving. 
So the pre-calving mineral should be high magnesium and fairly low calcium, probably around about less than 14% calcium. But other things are also really important, particularly for colostrum quality and calf vigor. So high selenium, vitamin E uh, and iodine as well. Iodine is really important, uh, again, just for, for calf health and calf vigor. Um, it's very difficult to know um, whether um, mineral requirements are being met unless we're seeing any obvious signs of a specific deficiency. So the one way that uh, the nutritionist or vet can double check is uh, to make sure that we have mineral analysis of the forages being fed. So basically doing a whole sort of mineral audit in terms of looking at the mineral contribution from forage and then what's coming in from other feeds and mineral supplements to make sure that we're meeting requirements at this crucial time. So ideally, we should be feeding what we'd call a complete supplement, either like a powdered mineral or a molasses bucket, which will contain our major minerals such as calcium, magnesium, sodium and phosphorus or trace elements of vitamins. Because one thing I'd like to stress is that some farmers will also uh, maybe look at using a bolus or a drench. And it's just to make sure that these are like top up products to your complete mineral supplement. So boluses will typically just tend to contain certain uh, trace elements, uh, but they're not a complete supplement. So they won't contain the magnesium that's required pre-calving. Um, and they're usually uh, added if there is a particular known deficiency uh, on the farm. Um, one of the other ways that we can actually test and see whether certain minerals are, uh, are needed or whether they're deficient is uh, through metabolic profiling. So first and foremost, metabolic profiling is really useful to assess the protein and energy status of the cow, but it can also be used to identify uh, specific mineral deficiencies as well. Um, I think at the end of the day, because it's quite an in-depth subject, it's certainly worthwhile uh, for uh, a farmer and vet maybe taking the advice of a qualified nutritionist just to assess the mineral contribution from, from forage and different products and making sure that we're meeting requirements. But like I say, it's quite an in-depth subject. It's a bit of a minefield and there's a lot of different products out there. Yeah. Can I yeah. just add to that as well? Um, that uh, yeah, Lorna's so right about the different products out there. But I think if you have the right um, uh, good spec suckler cow mineral pre-calving um, and a range of you know forage and things, it's not an extreme diet where it's just straw um, or draft these kind of things. If you have the the standard mineral product, will be able to um, cater for. The, the animal's needs. Um, it's when you do get more extreme diets that it becomes a problem. Um, and also, I think um, I often get asked about um, cattle that are on organic farms as well, because organic mm. farms are not really supposed to feed a, a standard mineral supplement, but the cows will still be short of trace elements. There, um, no diet really su supplies the cow's um, requirements for trace elements and coming up to calving they probably will be short of magnesium as well so I think even in organic systems it's worth um, paying attention to these things and um, maybe blood testing will need to be done in that case um, to get a derogation for being allowed to feed certain supplements so um, yeah that's just all I wanted to add. Thank you, Karen. So, so kind of moving on or following up from that. So, how would you use forage analysis, and and, and basically, how do you do it? 
Okay, so forage analysis um, is taken at least six weeks after um, forage has been made. So after silage has been uh, put in a pit or it has been baled, um, a sample is taken either by um, an independent company likes of ourselves or by a feed um, company as well. Many feed companies will do it free of charge um, for their customers. So um, they basically take a sample um, either when the pit is open or you can use a corer to core down into the, the silage and get, get an analysis and then uh, the nutritionist can use that then to um, to formulate rations. So I would recommend that um, forage analysis is taken before cattle are going to be housed for the winter so that rations can be drawn up and um, you know they can take into account the um, condition of the cows and uh, make, make a plan for the winter time. Um, I said earlier on that it's just guesswork if forage analysis is not taken and it's only a matter of time before things uh, will go wrong um, if, if rations are being guessed. You have no control then of uh, the condition of the animals if, uh, if we don't know what they're being fed. I think I would maybe just add to that as well and, and, and I always think you know making sure that the analysis that we're using is up to date is really important. So we might have sampled the forage uh, in early October, but the cows are maybe not calving till March, April time. I always think it's maybe good practice if we're still working through the same pit, maybe just get another check uh, on on the on the silage quality, uh, maybe in the new year. Uh, and certainly if we're changing pits, uh, changing cuts of silage or going on to a different pile of bales, it's always just good just to make sure that um, the quality of the forage hasn't changed because again that could make a, a bit of a difference certainly in that crucial uh, last six eight weeks and then up to calving we want to make sure that we're working with the most accurate up-to-date analysis that we've got. Sometimes what you uh, have on the analysis isn't always what you see on farm as well <laughs> so mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't take into account uh, mouldy bits and uh, um, uh, pit management and how the, how the, the uh, forage is fed out as well so that's also particularly important. Yeah that's that's really useful information to know actually so um, you've given us a really good overview um, of nutrition in the pre-carving suckler cow so Lorna and Karen, do you have any top tips that uh, vets can take away from this podcast that will help them when they're on the farm? Lorna. Um, I've got a funny feeling that myself and Karen will probably have the same take-home messages. <laughs> I think the most crucial ones yeah. are definitely know what the quality of the forage is, make sure that we've got it analysed and we know what we're working with. I think also the other really important thing is to start planning your rations early. We know it takes such a long time to alter body condition if we need to. So making sure that we start early at the housing period and get rations formulated then. And lastly, I think for the vets, I think it's also really uh, useful for them to work closely with the farm's nutritionist. I think a lot of problems can be solved just with the vet and nutritionist having a lot better communication, working together and, and having you know regular meetings with the farm as well to assess progress. Because quite often some things that we think about are veterinary health issues often stem from inadequate nutrition. So getting the whole farm team working together is really important. And apologies, Karen, I've maybe stolen some of your thunder. I don't know no. whether you've got anything different to add there. 100% Lorna, that's exactly where the magic happens is when everyone works together as a team, it really is. Um, so yeah, to totally agree with that. I think as well as vets, if you know, if you are on farm, um, you know, treating animals um, or, or for other, other routine work, just asking questions to the farmer and sort of building a picture of where their feed management might be at. 
Um, and if you suspect it to be nutritionally related, you know, just um, asking to have a look at the, the cows, you know, seeing how their behaviour is, how their dung is, um, what the feed access is like, what the forage quality looks like, and kind of help you build a picture of whether their requirements are being met. But um, as Lorna said, I mean, a, a quick phone call sometimes to, to a nutritionist just to check something um, uh, could, could end up um, helping with the uh, prevent, you know, prevent issues on farm. You know, for example, if magnesium was an issue, um, then it's something that can be solved really easily and prevent mm. quite a lot of heartache with the farmer having slow calvings, for example. I mean, obviously we can't solve, <laughs> solve it, all problems, but I think um, that open line of communication is really important. And we love speaking to vets and, and solving problems. Um, as I'm sure other nutritionists do as well so that would be my advice is just uh, have a look around the farm see what you can see um, ask questions of the farmer and um, don't be frightened to get in touch with a nutritionist so I think um, there's there's so much um, that uh, farmers could benefit from vets having a little bit of nutrition knowledge that they can then know what to look for to try and uh, and help those farmers. I think um, you know if we if we treat things in isolation and uh, you know as a vet maybe saying oh I think it's a nutritionist you speak to a nutritionist then we don't get the full picture. So I think once you know what you're looking for and you can. Um, uh, confidently think that something's not right here that, that the energy doesn't look right the protein doesn't look right or you know the, the feed space isn't right then knowing when to sort of um you know seek uh, advice um on that um again it just comes down to the the team approach thank you karen we hope that our listeners have found this to be a quick and useful update of nutrition when dealing with the pre-carving suckler cow i think you'll agree we've had lots of practical tips and know-how for when you're out and about on your clients' farms. Um, if you found this podcast useful, please listen out for further episodes in our On The Hoof podcast series for Vets in Practice, either on the SRUC website or platforms such as Spotify. And thank you, Lorna and Karen, for sharing your knowledge with us. And thank you to our listeners for listening in. Thank you very much. Thank you.